Good morning. The title of today's message is The Use of Power. This is one of the favorite stories in the Bible, the story of Joseph. So many identify with the suffering, the loneliness, and even success. For God allowed him 13 years of hardships, 13 years. Perhaps some of you might say, I have suffered more than 13 years. I don't really know how to respond to that. What do you want to hear? That you will be more powerful than Joseph? But God allows hardships for a purpose. And we must discover the purpose through prayer and through observation and listening with our spirit, with what's happening around us. And understanding how God works as we study the Bible. Why do we study the Bible? To understand the God we serve, the God we love, and the God who loves us. Because the more we study the Bible, the un we understand how he, his plans, his thoughts, his works. Therefore, we could align. We would know how to pray. We would know how to respond. But God would then allow Joseph to experience power. And the purpose of the power, as we have studied, was to save the tribe of Israel from famine and the rest of the world. It would also be a prelude to the settling of Israel in Egypt, where they would grow as a nation undefiled by the Canaanites, undefiled through intermarriage. Remember, the Canaanites are idolaters, and they influence the tribe so easily. But in Egypt, they would not be as influenced because the Egyptians do not even want to eat with the Hebrew. Certainly, they would not want to intermarry with them. Therefore, the race would be preserved a nation will be built. A nation throughout history will be taken care of by God so that one day Messiah would be born through the country of Israel, through the nation, I mean, of Israel. There is a saying that power corrupts and that absolute power corrupts absolutely. Joseph was given almost absolute power. Only Pharaoh was higher than him, but it was as good or even as equal to Pharaoh because in power, I mean, not in position because Pharaoh was still royalty. But Joseph was given the signet ring, meaning whatever you say, whatever you tell them to do, they must do. That kind of power. Only Pharaoh was higher than Joseph, yet Pharaoh gave Joseph the power to rule all of Egypt. That power was handled well with Joseph. I wonder if some of us were given that kind of power today. How well may we handle that power? 
I have known some people and probably you know some people. The moment they got promoted by just a little step, they suddenly changed. Suddenly becoming more arrogant, more proud. When some people just suddenly uh, uh, experience some success in their career, suddenly they've changed. Not in a good way. It's good to change in a good way, by the way. But change in terms of you become more arrogant isn't really good. Because power is a dangerous thing, but it is a useful thing. Joseph had to be empowered so that he can implement the preservation plan of the world in a scale that was never done before. Jacob sends his ten sons to Egypt to buy grain. That's what we read. But he made Benjamin stay for fear of losing him because Benjamin is the other son through Rachel. Rachel had two sons, Benjamin, and then the other one was the brother Joseph. The other one is already thought of as dead by Jacob. So he would not let Benjamin go. So when Joseph met his brothers, Joseph could have exhibited bitterness or he could have shown mercy. Bitterness or mercy. Anger or mercy. Can you imagine seeing the brothers who sold him as a slave? He was once the favorite of his father, one of the rich kids, and the brothers sold him. In fact, they wanted to kill him. But now they were face to face, him being powerful and his brothers begging to trade. If you had the power and you met the person who offended you, what would you do? If you had the power for vengeance against the person who wronged you, hurt you, damaged you for life perhaps, what would you do? So ask yourself that. Let us ask ourselves, what would I do if I met, do you still remember the names? Can you still picture them in your mind? If it's more than 20 years ago, they'd probably be fat by now. <laughs> but can you imagine the person or persons or organizations who mistreated you? Then you rise to a position of power where you can even take the life. Joseph had that power. But instead he showed mercy. He chose mercy although he made himself appear to be harsh. Because he had a plan. He did not see Benjamin. He will not be denied. He will use his power to see Benjamin. Yet still at the same time... Show kindness to them. You see, he recognizes brothers, but oh boy, where's Benjamin? But they could not recognize him. I don't know, because he was probably, probably a spoiled rich kid. 
He was used as a spy by his fathers against his brothers. He probably didn't work that hard, probably. So because of him being a slave, probably he's well-built and muscular by now. And he all had all these garments as if royalty in Egypt. And of course, he had those thick eyeliners that even men wear in Egypt. <laughs> it would be hard to recognize him with all that makeup. Joseph demanded that his brothers bring the youngest. I said, I'll hold one of you hostage. And he held Simeon hostage. Simeon. How they came up with Simeon, I don't know. If they voted for Simeon. Or Joseph said, you, I remember you killed a whole, a whole tribe. Maybe in his thoughts. I'll, 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 detain, I'll detain this guy. <laughs> so he was detained as hostage until they bring Benjamin. His full brother. Because the others were his half-brothers. But during that time, the brothers were already talking about their guilt. You see, God is bringing upon us what we did to our brother. They were discussing, but they thought uh, this royalty, this, this officer of, e of Egypt did not understand because they were talking through an interpreter, but Joseph was listening. And the brothers understood the concept of what you sow, you shall reap. Remember, we've been discussing that. We've been preaching on that half a year about the things we do, there are consequences to it. If we sow something good, something biblical, if we sow blessing, we will reap blessing one day. But if we, see, uh, we sow deception, we shall reap deception. If we sow something to harm others, one day we shall harvest it. And as I mentioned to you, it is not karma. Karma is a belief in reincarnation that the consequence happens in the next life. We, are, we don't believe in reincarnation. We believe in judgment after death. And you are set aside. Eternal suffering or eternal life. What the Bible says is what you sow, you reap. You sow a seed and you harvest many. So these brothers were thinking, ah, this is, why, this is why it's happening to us. Well, it's happening because God planned it. Remember, Joseph remembered the dream. What was the dream that God showed him? That his brothers would bow down to him. Now it was happening after 13 years. It happened after 13 years. There are times God would reveal a plan to you. When we, when we were younger, perhaps God gave us an insight of what might happen to our lives. We just need to be patient and work with God's plan because God's plan will happen in God's time. The brothers realized their guilt. You know, sometimes you don't have to, you don't have to say to people they're guilty. Well, well some need to be told, but... There are others you don't need to rub it in because they know. And some are already suffering from a certain guilt today. But some of us really can't help our tongue, right? When some people know it's wrong and you see that they know it's wrong, I don't say it anymore. You know, it's just like rubbing salt on a wound, right? If they think they can't see it, you have to gently make them realize it. But if they see it already and they're repentant, what they need is comfort. If they're stubborn, 
then what they need is a rebuke. The brothers realized their guilt, the offense they committed against Joseph. And Joseph wept, for he understood what they were saying. That is very touching, you know. At least they know they were guilty, right? <laughs> I mean, at least they know what they did to hurt me. Well, this is a real offense. Now, for some of us, may I just say, please do not be a hypersensitive person. Please tell your neighbor, please do not be a hypersensitive person. You know, don't be so be hypersensitive. He did not greet me on my birthday. I mean, <laughs> Sometimes we need to let go of small offenses. Amen? We have to let go of small offenses. Probably they just honestly forgot. You know, uh, uh, how come there's no more food? Who finished the food? Oh, we thought you already ate. <laughs> you can say, next time, please. Everything can be negotiated and talked. That's a community. That's a family. It's not suddenly you, you're hurt and you're, I'm not talking to you. You have to know what you've done. Some people don't have your common sense. Take note, common sense is relative. My common sense is not your common sense, understand? And I don't want to judge you with my common sense. You see, your common sense is mine are not the same. So please, please, don't sing the song you should know by now, right? You should know. No, I don't know. You want to spell it out for me? Sometimes we have to gently spell it out. Do not be hypersensitive because otherwise you will suffer. You're the one who will suffer, not the others. You are the one. Sometimes we have to break out of the shell. And some of us are so concerned what people say. To a certain degree that is important, to a certain degree it doesn't matter. It's not always 100% it matters and 100% doesn't matter. I don't care what people say. You see, you should. But not in every detail. Okay. Uh, I don't mind you talking about me losing my hair, all right? I'm not offended by it, okay? If you want to help me, give me a shampoo that grows hair. I'd appreciate it than just talking about me. But that doesn't offend me at all. Right, brother? Doesn't offend us, right? Amen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but sometimes we have to be careful not to offend people in the same way. It, that's community. It's in the other side as well. I mean, stop telling people they're overweight when they know they're overweight, right? Stop giving advices without understanding what they're going through. Rather, you should ask, oh, how do you get fit? <laughs> oh, I try this. Did you realize they're trying something? You don't tell people you need to exercise when they're already exercising, right? And sometimes you have to be sensitive on the other part as well. But this is not that one. What happened to Joseph wasn't a small thing. 
No, brothers cannot say, come on, Joseph, let's forget the past, okay? I mean, come on, you're still alive and you're like king in here in Egypt, okay? Let's be cool, all right? You're cool, I'm cool, we're both alive, great. Let's make peace. It's, it's not that way, okay? Some people, after they offended somebody, as if it's just, let's forget about it and let's just move on with life. No, no, no. It has to be dealt with. This is what happened. This is what you did. Let's talk about it. Let's pray together. If you need to seek forgiveness, I ask for your forgiveness. And then the other one, if you can forgive, please do forgive because scripturally you have to forgive. As Jesus forgave us all our sins, we are expected to forgive others as well. That's how family should be. That's how community should be. Well, Joseph was still kind because Joseph, unbeknownst to the brothers, returned the payment in their sacks. I don't know how to feel if I were one of the brothers, you know. Uh, he, he did not only show mercy, but also showed charity to his family. They're still my family. How can I charge them? So he just kept, you know, returned the money in their sacks. Can you imagine the horror? <laughs> if you were one of the brothers, what is this doing here? Who returned this? Did he forget? Did you, one of you, steal? Imagine the horror of not paying. And then you just spoke to the most powerful man in Egypt next to Pharaoh. But you see, Joseph was just showing charity. Don't you know that charity can melt somebody's heart, even your offender? Oh, yeah. In fact, that's what Proverbs says. When your enemy is in need, you help him and it will melt him. It will put him to shame. Huh? You see, that's what we should do as Christians. Amen? Instead of killing them, we just do kindness to them so that they will be so ashamed without you telling them. Some of you have to tell them, okay, see, I already did good to you. Shame on you. Okay? <laughs> you, uh, it's just like, Honey, forgive me. Uh, that's not the way to ask forgiveness. That's not the way to say sorry, sorry, or sorry, sorry. And if you hadn't done that, I should have done this. That, that's not sincerity. When we say forgive me, we have to really say forgive me. Oh, for some of us, it will take a lifetime to learn. For some of us, we might be quick. For some of us, maybe a few years, but you have to be conscious about it. Because if you're not conscious about it, then you are not improving your heart. You're not improving your mind. We can still show goodness to those who offend us. I remember I had a critic in Laguna. I was chairman of around 200 pastors. And there was this pastor who's not even a member of the organization, was criticized me. So I said, what can I do here? I said, I'll look for this person, shake his hand, and ask him how he is. Just be a friend. Because probably some people just need a friend or they just need more explanation. Found the person, shook his hand. You know, we became friends. I became an invited speaker in his church. But not only that, when he had a crisis, I had a small way of helping him during the crisis. And he became one of my very loyal defenders. 
sometimes we don't have to hit them if they hit us. One way to deal with enemies is make them stop being your enemies by showing kindness to them, showing how you can help. And you will win friends. And if some people accuse you, sometimes the best thing to do is be quiet and pray and find a way to defend yourself at the right time, at the right place. So a lot of small talk, I really don't mind because I can't let that affect what I do. I cannot let that affect how I feel. Can you imagine if every small talk affects your heart? How many directions will your heart be? Your emotions would be everywhere. But rather, I would just say, oh, it's that small. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to even think about that person. I'd rather delete it and talk about something else. I'd rather talk to a mentor who really shows what's wrong with me and I can really, he can give me tips on how to improve. I'd rather talk to that person because if I want a critic, I want somebody who can also help me improve. Some people love to criticize, but they don't know how to improve. So if you try to criticize somebody in front of me about somebody else, I will bring you in front of that person and say, you better think of ways how you can improve him. Because it is it, you're limiting, you're one side. You're, you're trying to be a, a, a judge. In fact, all of us are sinners, forgiven by God, only saved by grace. Amen? Hey, we're all sinners saved by grace. Do we change? Of course we do, by God's grace. The more we are filled with God's word, the more we change, the more we improve. However, however, that does not give us the right to judge others. What we need to do is to bring them in connection with Christ, that they may seek forgiveness, that they may receive the forgiveness of Christ. So God may allow us to go through hardship, but he may also allow us to rise to power. Some of us went through hardship. Some of us are already experiencing some sort of power or empowerment, maybe through money or position. As the hardship tested us, so will the power test us. Because some of us cannot handle the power. We suddenly become arrogant. But when we have the power and still, still, Manage the power. You know what they say about handling power? Properly handling power. It's like taking care of a baby. You're powerful. That's why you can hold a baby. You're powerful. That's why you can keep it safe. You can hold it properly because you're stronger than the baby. But you're not too strong. You're not squeezing the baby so the baby suffocates. You are gentle with the baby. But you are strong. That is a proper use of power. It is not holding the baby by the neck. Do you understand me? I told you to sleep. Power includes our words, how we handle others, how we treat our children. There are times we need to be firm, but most of the time we need to be gentle. And as they grow older, 
we have to find a mixture of father and friend, parent and friend, mother and friend. Allowing that change to happen, it's not treating them the same way as they were kids. You don't do that. What you sow, you reap. Can you imagine one day you're old and they're taking care of you? <laughs> I respect my children and I demand respect at the same time. I love them and I ask them to love me in return. We have to love one another as a family. I teach them to love one another and forgive one another. And I use that with a firm hand. But most of the time, I hug them. I hug them. I say, I love you. And if they have a different opinion, I ask them, please explain. And if there's something wrong with them, I ask them, what did I do wrong? Where was my mistake? Then I ask them, then where's your mistake? How can we both change the situation? The power dynamics change. Instead of confronting the brothers, you have sold me to Egypt as a slave. Instead of doing that, he kept quiet. Tried to hold his tears when he could not. He went to the side. He just wanted to see his younger brother. That's all he wanted to see. I want to see Benjamin. Then he appeared harsh. You cannot all go home unless you bring me back the other person. But yet he was still kind, showing charity. We can choose to use the power for good or for bad. It's up to us. I'm sharing this to you because maybe one day some of us will be given positions of power. And we have to know how to use that power. Two, we always have a chance to become unforgiving or bitter. A choice to become unforgiving or bitter. Or we have a choice to forgive. We may choose to make others suffer due to the power given us. Or we may choose to show mercy. Learning to forgive as Christ forgave us is a true sign of inner spiritual strength. Whenever you say, I can't forgive, it means you are weak spiritually. And then I will bring you to the fundamentals. Sanitize your soul. Ask forgiveness from God. Saturate your mind with the word of God because it gives strength to your spirit to do the impossible. Seek God's Holy Spirit to empower you. See the goodness of God. There is more goodness to see. There is more goodness to see. So teenagers, your parents sometimes are strict with you. But if you look further, there is more goodness that you can see. They have made more sacrifices for you than any other. Oh, sometimes they don't know how to speak. Pray for that. Sometimes they don't know how to treat you. Pray for that. But see the goodness of God, what he has done through them for you as well. The same way your brothers and sisters, the same way with our church family here. There is more to thank God for one another. Choose mercy. Choose friendship. 
You see, God could have used His divine power to bring us all to hell. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. And the one that sinneth, he shall die. Eternal death. It's not the multitude of sins. Just one sin is enough. By biblical law, one sin is enough to be taken to hell. Just one. It's just like, oh judge, please forgive me this time. I only murdered once. It's not a habit, so maybe you can let this go, judge. No, no, one is enough. One is enough. You killed one, you're called a murderer, a killer. You stole once in biblical standards, you're a thief. You lied once, you're a liar. That's why we need Christ, because we cannot save ourselves. Only He paid for the penalty of the sin, take note of the penalty of our sin. He died on the cross, died, rose again on the third day, defeated death, paid for it, our suffering. That whoever comes to Him in repentance and faith would receive forgiveness. He chose mercy. He gave the world an opportunity for mercy. But the world can still choose eternal death if they want. But I encourage you, brothers and sisters, let us choose the mercy of God given to us. It's just, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I believe in what Jesus did on the cross. I have faith in what He did. I recognize it is by grace through faith, not works, that a man shall be saved. I recognize only by the grace of God. So if you receive that by faith truly in your heart, truly in your heart, then you would receive the mercy of God, forgiveness of sins. God is good. God is merciful to you and me. That's why I love it when, I, when we have sharing. You know, we just shared the blessings of God for the past week. And whenever I hear, I praise God, I'm alive. <laughs> I said, amen, brother. Uh, we're alive because in a snap of the finger, he can say, we can die if he wants to. He is sovereign. God is sovereign. But he chose mercy. What if people don't come to him? Then it's up to them. They have chosen justice and justice isn't so good for us because if you say i want justice that's why i seldom pray i want justice because justice is what apart from the mercy of god justice is i'm going to hell oh no i killed no one no 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 no, no. i didn't destroy other people no 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 i'm what you might call a parent would say a good boy no vices but was I a sinner? Yes, I was a sinner. Still a sinner? Yes, but he forgives me. Whenever I sin, I come to him, forgive me, O Lord, for my sins. And he's faithful and just. I say, Lord, I turn away from my sins. So may we choose mercy. God could use divine power, but he is merciful to you and me. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your goodness and grace. Teach us, Lord, how we should handle power. The positions we already have in the office or in school or in church or wherever, teach us, Lord, to uh, 
to realize that power must have some gentleness in it. Power is like taking care of a baby. Use the power to protect. Use the power for the purpose, but not to harm. Use mercy instead of, of, of bitterness, instead of revenge. Teach us, Lord, to handle power the right way. Teach us to handle position the right way. Teach us to use finances and money the right way. Still being your servants, and if ever we are put in positions of leadership, may we become servant leaders, leading others to serve, but being an example of service as well. Yet we also come to you, Lord. Thank you. With your great power, you have shown us mercy. Mercy through Christ our Lord. That any one of us who have sinned or consider ourselves sinners, which is all of us, we can come and say, forgive me, Lord, of my sins. We repent of our sins. And we believe, and you said, whoever believes, they should not perish but have everlasting life. We thank you for this. Let us all rise. Father, thank you. We receive this blessing of salvation by faith and work in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.